This is the Read, Write, and Create podcast, the podcast where you get a bite-sized session of creative writing coaching from me, Lori L. Tharps. I'm an award-winning author of both fiction and nonfiction, a journalist, and a former college professor. I have spent more than 20 years writing, teaching, and coaching creative writers, and I created this podcast because I want to help as many BIPOC writers as possible get their stories out of their heads and into the world. So let's go. Hey, everybody. On today's episode of the podcast, I'm going to be giving you a pep talk about perseverance. If you're a writer, you definitely need a healthy helping of perseverance in your toolbox. But it's one of the hardest habits to cultivate in a world where life always seems to get in the way. But the truth is, perseverance is the most important habit, or what I like to say, it's the most important superpower a writer has to have, even more than talent. If you don't believe me, ask ta Coates, who famously said that perseverance is what a writing career is all about. The writers who don't know how to persevere, he said, go to business school or become lawyers. And that's not what we want for you listeners, but it's really true. You could be the most talented writer in the room, but if you can't figure out how to keep writing in the face of adversity, then you're never going to succeed in the writing game. So let's get to the pep talk. All right. When I think about perseverance, the literary ancestor who always comes to mind is Ms. Octavia Butler. More than just a celebrated science fiction writer, Octavia Butler's career is literally a masterclass in perseverance and what it can get you. So I'm going to be sharing her story today as a means of inspiration for finding your ability to persevere. So the Wikipedia version of Octavia Butler's accomplishments and achievements sounds like this. Octavia Butler was an African-American science fiction author and a multiple recipient of the Hugo and Nebula Awards. In 1995, Butler became the first science fiction writer to receive a MacArthur Fellowship. So that's the like short little overview of who Octavia Butler was. But that doesn't tell us her real story. That doesn't tell us how she arrived at the place of literary excellence, which is what we writers want to know, right? We want to know the how. How did she do it? And if you do the math, Octavia Butler was 48 years old when she won that MacArthur Fellowship. And it was only then that she could really dedicate herself full time to her writing. But here's the thing. Octavia Butler was 10 years old when she knew she wanted to be a writer. So the real story, the story we're going to be talking about today, is what she was doing for those 38 years before she, quote unquote, made it. That's where the perseverance comes into the story. That's where the juicy bits are. Octavia Estelle Butler was born on June 22, 1947, in Pasadena, California. Her father died when she was only four years old, so she was raised by her mother and maternal grandmother. Butler's mother was a domestic worker, and she cleaned houses for white people, and she often had to take Octavia along with her to her jobs. Octavia has said on numerous occasions that the work that her mother did and the way her mother was treated by her employers wasn't much different than a slave. Now, despite her humble roots, young Octavia knew from a very early age that she wanted to be a writer, not a journalist or an academic. She wanted to write stories, fiction for a living. 
And as a child who was painfully shy, socially awkward, and even mildly dyslexic, reading was the way that Octavia found her freedom, escaping her lonely and sometimes painful existence in the real world. Let me reiterate. Let me reiterate. Octavia's mother was a domestic worker and widowed. They had very little money and they were obviously black. This was not the situation where one would start dreaming about being a fiction writer, especially because Octavia Butler wanted to be a science fiction writer. And the only people that she saw who were making a living doing science fiction writing were white men. Now, nobody in their right mind would think that Octavia was destined for success given her background. In fact, her own family members were telling her that becoming a fiction writer wasn't a possibility. Her very favorite aunt, in fact, told her lovingly, Honey, Negroes can't be writers. And she told Octavia that she should think about something more practical, like being a nurse. But once Octavia discovered that there was an actual job, that people actually made a living by telling stories, she was like a dog with a bone and would not let that idea go, no matter what the world, her friends, families, and teachers tried to tell her. She made a promise to herself that she was going to be a science fiction writer and nothing else. She called it her, quote, positive obsession. So here's how she went about doing that. After graduating from high school, Octavia attended Pasadena City College. And while she was there, she took every single creative writing class that they offered. And then when she'd done all that, she moved on to take more writing classes at UCLA's Extension Program. And from there, she went to the Clarion Writers Workshop in Pennsylvania. At Clarion, she was really trying to figure out what her writing style was going to be, and she started having real success. She wrote one story there that was very highly praised and got published, and that's when she thought that her writing career was really going to take off. But guess what? It didn't. After Clarion, for the next five years, Butler couldn't sell a single thing. Not a single story was accepted for publication. But you know what? It didn't stop her. Octavia kept writing anyway. She went back to California, got herself a job, and she actually chose to do temp work so she could keep her mind free for her stories. And not office temp work. She was actually doing manual labor temp work, working in factories so she didn't have to think. So for five long years, this is what Octavia's life looked like. She would get up every morning at 2 o'clock, in the morning, to write before she had to go to her terrible work. Then, after work, she would come home and write some more. Everybody told her she was going to kill herself working like this, keeping up this schedule. They told her, get a real job. Get a job as a secretary. Stop living like a pauper. But Octavia was determined to put her writing first, and she knew that if she made her life too comfortable, that that comfort would make her lazy and make her stop trying so hard to be a successful writer. To keep herself motivated despite the desperate living conditions she was living in, Octavia said she only had to think of her mother and her grandmother who worked themselves to the bone so they could move out of the South and come to California to give Octavia a better life. They never gave up, and neither would she. She also used affirmations and told herself every single day while she was struggling over those years. She said to herself, quote, in every day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. She really believed in manifestations and affirmations, and she worked those hard every day. 
And of course, Octavia never stopped writing. Short stories, novels, even poetry sometimes. Every day she wrote. Finally, in 1975, when she was 28 years old, Octavia Butler sold her first novel to Doubleday. And she was ecstatic. But her payment was only $5,000. Nowhere near enough to live on. So she kept grinding, working those temp jobs, and writing in the wee hours of the morning. Two years later, she had two books published, but she still wasn't getting the kind of advances that her white counterparts were getting, and she had numerous fights with her editors because not only was she not getting paid enough, but the publishers were doing very little to promote her books either. But she kept writing. In 1979, Butler published Kindred, one of her most famous books. Again, that book was sold for only $5,000, and the mainstream press gave it only a small bit of attention, and it went out of print. Octavia was devastated. Now, not only was she broke, but her work wasn't even being seen by a wide enough audience to get traction. It was like a vicious cycle. She would get small advances because she would have not very many sales, but she couldn't get any sales because the publishers weren't promoting her work. So by the early 1980s, Octavia is broke, Ronald Reagan is president. She doesn't have any book deals. The world feels like it's going to hell. And what does Octavia do? Does she just sit in her feelings and be depressed and give it all up? Nope. Remember, we're talking about perseverance here. What does Octavia do? She decides to pour her heart and soul into a new book idea that she has. She's like, fuck all of y'all. I'm just going to write about the world ending. It's going to be something that just feels like where I am right now in the world And it was actually ended up being a trilogy. That's how much anger and angst that she had. And so wouldn't you know that that Xenogenesis trilogy that she wrote, pouring all of her heartbreak and despair into, sold as a three-book deal to Warner Books for $75,000. And that's when Octavia Butler's star started to shine. In 1984, Octavia won a Hugo Award for Best Short Story for a story she wrote called Speech Sounds. That award was followed by another Hugo Award and her first Nebula. Just FYI, the Hugo Award is like the Academy Awards for science fiction and fantasy literature. It is a global award and she won it. And then the Nebula Award is also for books of fantasy and science fiction, but only in the United States. So here she is picking up Hugo Awards, picking up Nebula Awards. And then in 1988, Beacon Press reissued Kindred, which brought Butler brand new readers and fans. And it was in that year that Octavia was able to pay off the mortgage on her mother's house. So here is Octavia finally hitting her stride, finally getting the praise that she is due. At this point, Octavia Butler is in her 40s. She's tired. She's written the books. She's won the awards. She's worked hard. But remember, we're talking about perseverance. Octavia Butler is a writer, so she keeps writing. Even when the story ideas are now not flowing as quickly as they used to, Octavia knows what to do when the words don't come. She has a process that she calls grazing. To inspire her, she would leave books and magazines on topics that she was really interested in, like African-American history and environmental science, all open around her house. So While she was walking around, while she's cooking, while she's just, you know, getting ready to go for a nap or something, she would read a little bit of this and discover a little bit of that. And that's how she got the idea for the book that would be her most famous, 
parable of the sower by grazing. Now, it took Octavia four years just to get the first 75 pages of the parable of the sower right. Four years. She said she was blocked and couldn't get it. She just couldn't get it. So did she stop? No. She turned to poetry. She started writing and reading poetry. And that's what she said got her unblocked. She never stopped writing. She just pivoted from what was stressing her out and went to another form of writing. Parable of the Sower was published in 1993. Two years later, at age 48, Octavia found out that she won that MacArthur Fellowship, which came with a prize of $295,000 given out over five years. It was the largest sum of money she had ever received for her work. But also, it put Octavia's name and her books in front of a lot more people. Octavia Butler was now officially literary famous. She was on talk shows. She was asked to teach in important places. In the year 2000, she won a Lifetime Achievement Award from the Penn America Foundation. She said, quote, All of a sudden, people who had not paid attention to my work began to pay attention to me. Now, here's what I love. She's in her mid-50s now. Octavia could have slowed down. She could have stopped writing. She'd already won a Lifetime Achievement Award. She had nothing left to prove. But she didn't stop. In fact, she was working on her Parable series, and she got stuck again. She got blocked. The words wouldn't come. But did she quit? Did she give up? Did she say, I don't really need to write anymore? No. She just turned around and wrote a different book. She decided, I'm not writing any more Parable books right now. I need a break. And so she wrote a vampire science fiction novel instead. Okay? That's Perseverance, people. And that book, Fledgling, was published in 2005. Have I made my point here? Has Octavia Butler's story given you the idea of what perseverance looks like? Octavia Butler never gave up. She never stopped writing. Her antidote to writer's block? Write something else. Her solution to people rejecting her work? Write anyway. When she was feeling depressed and full of despair, she channeled those emotions into new work. Sadly, we don't know how much more writing Octavia Butler could have given the world because she died on February 24th, 2006, after falling and hitting her head outside her home. She was only 58 years old. The perfect epilogue to this story, though, in 2021, NASA named the landing site of the Mars rover Perseverance the Octavia E. Butler landing site. How perfect is that? Okay, so what are the literary life lessons we can take away from Octavia Butler's extraordinary life? First of all, perseverance is the name of the game. Octavia Butler started writing stories at 10 years old and only stopped because of her untimely death. If you get nothing else from her story, it's that. Keep writing and don't stop. But again, it's easy to say keep writing, but you have to remember how she kept writing. What were her secrets? How did she keep herself at her desk, head down, fingers flying across the keyboard, day in and day out? Even when she was broke, even when people told her she was foolish for trying to live that life, even when publisher after publisher rejected her work. And I didn't even mention the time that she literally lost an entire manuscript that she had typed out and didn't have a copy of it and had to rewrite the whole thing over again from memory. Even then, she kept going. 
So how did she do it? She left us the clues, and these are the things that we just need to remember for ourselves. One, Octavia said that she thought about her mother and her grandmother and used them as her hardworking role models. And I know all of you listening who identify as Black, Indigenous, or other people of color, that you don't need to look very far in your own family tree to find the people in your life who found the courage and the resilience to keep working hard in the face of astounding adversity. So use them as your example. Tell yourself, if they could do that work to get me where I am today, then I could do my work sitting here at this desk. Their blood runs through my veins. I'm made up for the same DNA so I can channel that same energy of hard work. Number two, when things were really weary and bleak, remember that five-year period where Octavia could get nothing published? She used affirmations and manifestations to keep her mindset right. She really believed in mind work and practiced it faithfully. Now, considering the success that she eventually found, I would say it worked. So get your affirmations going. Manifest your own success. Mindset is critical to being able to persevere. Number three, when the words didn't come, Octavia had different ways to push past writer's block. She pivoted to poetry. Sometimes she would put a project aside and start a new one. And I love that idea of grazing, leaving clues and crumbs of things that fascinate you all over your home until the seed of an idea is planted in your mind. So do your own version of grazing. Keep things that are interesting to you all around you so that you can always be getting new ideas. Number four, maybe the most important thing that Octavia Butler did in her life to enable herself to keep writing was that she made space for her writing in her world. She treated it as the most important thing. Yes, she had to work to eat and pay the bills like the rest of us, but she chose work that would leave her physically and mentally able to work afterwards or before. That could look like choosing a job that doesn't require much intellectual rigor, or it could mean choosing a job that allows a flexible schedule, for example. The key thing is that you have to create space in your life to write. And number five. I think the key to Octavia's literary success, the thing that made it a foregone conclusion that she would win, is that Octavia Estelle Butler decided that she was going to get to the finish line. She made it up in her mind that she was going to make a living as a fiction writer, and she refused to let her private obsession go. Now note, her goal wasn't to be famous or to win a literary award. It was to make a living as a writer. And the only way to do that was to write. Now, I want you all to go back to your writing projects and practice with the spirit of Octavia Butler guiding you. I want you to remember how she persevered through difficult moments, crushing rejections, and disrespect for her work in an industry that didn't believe there was even room for a Black woman in it. I want you to make her your perseverance role model for all of your written work. Keep writing. Don't stop. Be like Octavia Butler and make it your private obsession. Okay? Class dismissed. I hope this creative pep talk left you inspired and motivated to write. And I hope you feel a deeper connection and commitment to your literary projects and practice. If you would like to read more about Octavia Butler, I'd really like to recommend a book called Star Child, a biographical constellation of Octavia Estelle Butler by E.B. Zavoy. 
Now, technically, this book is listed as a middle grade book, but it is so gorgeous and brings Butler to life through poetry, prose, and photographs. And if it's not for yourself, consider getting it for a young person in your life. I will leave a link to the book in the show notes. I'm also going to be leaving a link for ta Coates' short talk on perseverance as well. It's one of my favorites. Now, one last thing before I sign off. If you haven't already, please sign up for my newsletter. I'm going to be announcing my spring and summer workshops and classes very soon, and everybody on my newsletter will be the first to find out when registration opens. I'll leave a link to sign up to the newsletter in the show notes, and you can also find the link on the Read, Write, and Create website. That's readwriteandcreate.com. And while you're there, check out all the useful content and resources for writers on the Read, Write, and Create blog. Now, I do have a question for you, okay? I am thinking about hosting a writing retreat for BIPOC writers here in Southern Spain at the end of this year. If writing in community in a gorgeous setting with a side trip to explore Spain's hidden black history sounds like something you'd be interested in, can you please DM me on Instagram and let me know? I'm at Lori L. Tharps on Instagram, and I'll leave a link here in the show notes where you can, you know, find me easily. Now, there's no obligation if you just ping me and say, hey, I'm interested. That sounds really cool. I'm just trying to get a read on how many people might be interested in a read, write, and create writing retreat in the south of Spain. And I'd love to hear what types of things you might want to do on the retreat. What kind of writing support or activities would you like to engage in? I'm totally taking notes and making plans. Thank you for sharing that information with me. And thank you, as always, for listening. I, of course, will be back here on the mic in two weeks with another pep talk. Until then, keep writing. The Read, Write, and Create podcast is produced by me, Lori L. Tharps. Our editor is Brad Linder, and our theme music is by Wattaboy. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you like to listen to podcasts so you won't miss a single inspiring episode. And if you know any BIPOC writers who might need a creative pep talk every now and again, please share this show with them because, you know, sharing is caring. All right. Thanks, everybody. Let's go out with the music. <laughs>